welcome CTSnet friends, my name's Joel Dunning and in the week that Elon Musk gave us the world's largest ever firework, we're going to bring you an explosive edition of CTSnet podcast. So in this packed edition we have loads for you. We've got uh, really interesting information about the Roma trial. Uh, we've got a revolutionary technique that might totally transform how you see the conduction system of the heart, AI in surgery. We have a phenomenal video, a mitral repair technique I've never seen before. I really want to hear what you think about that. And if that wasn't enough, Rafael Nadal records a special interview in support of one of our cardiothoracic surgeons. So don't go away. Uh, here is the CTSnet podcast. So let's get right into it. So first of all, we're going to give you three really interesting news items and the three that stood out for me. Well, number one, uh, the Roma trial. So Mario Gaudino uh, from Vile Cornell uh, in New York uh, with Stephen Freems, uh, they've been running this amazing Roma trial. Uh, we've all been absolutely scratching our heads for decades about if a mammary artery uh, is really good to the LAD and all cardiologists agree, surely total arterial grafting will be better all round. Uh, well, we did the ARC trial across Europe over 10 years. Uh, Professor Taggart gave us some of those answers, but actually it was a little bit confusing that trial. You know, it didn't really give us the lead that we wanted. So the ROMA trial is this amazing trial, uh, randomizing patients between just a single uh, lemur to LAD versus multiple arterial grafting. Their outcome measures are composite outcomes but also mortality and the sample size is phenomenal. 4,300 patients they want and they've already got 120 centres. So what was new? Well what's new uh, is this paper published uh, just this week in circulation by Mario Gaudino. It's called Roma Women. Um, the really interesting thing about Roma is that it's recruited. It's got all its patients, so it's just about to stop recruiting. But uh, in the study, they have noted that uh, they've under-recruited for women. Only 15% uh, of the trialists of the patients are, are women. And yet women have potentially even a higher mortality rate after CABG. Uh, it's in the Euroscore as an extra risk factor, which gives you additional risk. So they said, uh, let's, for the first time, do the world's first study specifically on females having uh, coronary surgery. So they've set up Roma Women. This is really clever. Uh, so what they're going to do is they're going to carry on exactly the Roma trial, same trialist, same protocol, same everything, and also recruit those 15% of people, keep it in, but keep the Roma trial going. Because on the April the 14th, um, the Roma trial itself has stopped, but it's going to carry on in this subgroup. And I think this is absolutely a brilliant idea for subsets. So imagine if uh, we all our studies uh, continue and are fully conducted, then if they under-recruit a subset, and that doesn't have to be gender, it could be uh, race, it could be disability. If you underrepresent uh, one group, then carry on the trial. So absolute genius. That's what they're going to do. Uh, and they're going to get a fully powered study to look specifically, is total arterial grafting better for women uh, than, uh, than pure Lima to LAD? So great work. Really interesting check this out uh, on CTSnet in the show notes below. Have a look, see what you think. Uh, the other really interesting thing is that the steering committee is all women, uh, the women are principal investigators and most of the personnel uh, in the study are going to be women. So, so well done them, great job. 
The second thing that we've chosen for you that really stood out for me uh, is a fantastic study by Will Goodyear. Uh, he's a paediatric cardiologist and electrophysiologist at Stanford uh, Medical Children's Health uh, Center. And um, he was always frustrated by the fact that uh, he saw that one to three percent of all patients had their conduction system hit during cardiac surgery. Uh, I've certainly hit plenty in my time. You know, we look anatomically, you know, where where will the AV no be? Let's try and avoid it. But we, we don't really know. And so he set himself a challenge. He he did his PhD. He did his research on this. He said, is there any way we could light up these cells? Uh, well, the conduction system cells are not themselves nerve cells, they're modified muscle cells, but he identified three different unique factors about the conduction cells. He then went uh, to cancer researchers, and cancer researchers are used to generating antibodies for cancer, but he said let's go and generate antibodies to these normal cells, but to the nerve part. And so he then connected this to a dye uh, in the neuroinfrared, and then he's injected this in and he's lit up the conduction system. How fantastic is that? So uh, he published this in the Journal of Clinical Investigation. He's got a dye that lights up the conduction system. And his vision is that we give this simple dye doing uh, valve surgery. So you'll see where the conduction system is. He noted that uh, in that small number of people that we do cause complete heart block, most of those people will have a pacemaker for the rest of their life. This is a permanent damage we're doing to patients. And would that be wonderful if you could just simply uh, turn on your Firefly camera, have a little look and avoid the conduction system. Great job, really interesting. Probably five years away uh, from clinical use maybe, but get right behind that, have a look and uh, give him a ring maybe. Uh, tell him you want to be first in the queue for that. I certainly want to be. The third paper we have selected for you, for Jans, is again an AI system. But um, people talk a lot about AI, but this is a fully created, ready-to-go system. It's called Sybil. Um, Peter Mikhail, uh, Angelo Takijami uh, in the Journal of Clinical Oncology. Uh, they're from uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Is that not the world's best university? I think MIT was voted the world's best. And they've come up with a game-changing AI system. It's called Sybil, a validated deep learning model to predict the future lung cancer risk from just one CT scan. So they piled in an absolute pile of scans. Uh, they went to the NLST database uh, and they got uh, 6,200 from there. They got 8,000 from the Mass General database and they went and got 12,000 from uh, Taiwan, the Changgun Memorial Hospital. And the interesting thing about that group is a lot of them are non-smokers. So they trained their system and the interesting thing they wanted to do is they, they didn't put a load of demographics in, they haven't put a load of patient stuff in, they just wanted to look at the scan because they want to sit in the background. And what they discovered is they had really good prediction, um, 0.92 area under the curve, better than a clinician and better than some of the other programs and better than lung rad score. In fact, they found that some patients with low lung rad scores, uh, with things that didn't look like much on the scans, were coming up as high risk. What they, what they envisage is this could just run in the background. Uh, so you go through all the normal, um, have a look, all the scoring systems, get your nodule, size it, risk it. Would, do they need another scan? But in the background, Sybil uh, flags up high risk and says, oh, wait a sec, we don't know why this is high risk, but it is. 
you should just get another scan in three months time and start following up and you'll get a 0.92 area under the curve with that. So another example of AI uh, in our specialty potentially uh, having really important clinical impacts. So those are our three journal news scan items. Uh, do check them out on the JANS. And if you see a really interesting news item, maybe you have just published something really fabulous. Drop me a line, Joel Dunning at CTSnet uh, and we'll feature it here. Uh, and now uh, I will hand over to Cameron, who will just let you know uh, what else is on the CTSnet website. Are you on the lookout for a new job in cardiothoracic surgery? Hundreds of open positions are waiting for you at CTSnet's Career Center. Through CTSnet.org, you can browse jobs and sign up for custom job alerts direct to your inbox. For an even more enhanced experience, create a free account and upload your resume so employers and recruiters can find you. Happy job hunting! Now, back to the beat. So thank you very much, Cam. Uh, so now we have selected three videos for you. Now, this first video is on mitral repair, but this is like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, I've literally never seen this repair technique. It's phenomenal. Um, I would be really interested to know what you think. Uh, so do drop me a line uh, or just let me know uh, in the comments below. So this is by Salman Zahir and James Gammy from John Hopkins. And um, this is on uh, mitral valve repair um, for just the common mitral regurgitation, uh, just secondary mitral regurgitation, dilated annulus, um, and uh, and they make the comment that uh, standard treatment of a restrictive mitral annuloplasty, just make the annulus smaller, is not good. Um, they say 60% get recurrent MR within two years, uh, and that is data from the Kythoracic Surgical Trials Network randomized trial. Uh, so they say it's not good enough. Uh, what do you do about it when you've just got dilated uh, annulus? So they have come up with uh, jaw-dropping, really technical, difficult operation, but they feel this will make a big difference. So they presented a video, 58-year-old man with uh, chronic AF uh, and, and the billowing large valve and a, a large uh, annulus. And what do they do? Well, what they do is they cut all the way around the anterior leaflet and the posterior leaflet and they drop that into the ventricle. They then get some pericardium uh, and they create a frustrum shape, which is like a pyramid with the top cut off uh, patch of pericardium. They put this round a mitral uh, valve sizer, uh, stitch it in a circle, and then they drop that into the annulus. They stitch uh, this round cone-shaped pericardium into the annulus and then they go grab the actual annular leaflets and then stitch it onto this circle. So it's like sort of leaflet lengthening but from front and behind. They don't cut any cords, um, they just make much much bigger leaflets. Uh, and uh, and they showed in this video beautifully, they got a really, really good result. They think by having these much, much bigger leaflets, they'll get a much more durable repair. Um, and that's their theory. Phenomenal, I've never seen that. Uh, have you? Uh, do drop us a line, uh, tell us what you think, uh, and uh, tell us if you think that's a good technique. My personal view, is that you know you're going to need a robot for that you know that's going to be a very very technically difficult and the the, the video looks brilliant i mean this one's by stenotomy but look really technically well performed nicely done uh, so yeah really interesting 
The second video we selected is actually a series of video. Dominic Gousseau uh, is an absolute god of segmentectomy. He's run for several years a segmentectomy conference uh, that started off in Paris and has gone around the world, gone to Japan, gone to Boston, uh, and, and really gets the leaders in segmentectomy surgery to it every single year. And of course, uh, this year uh, they were doing the conference after CalGB and Jacob could come out, which are both two giant trials that will never be repeated, saying that segmentectomy is um, pretty much better than lobectomy. You know, don't do a lobectomy uh, in sub two centimeter tumors. Just don't do it. Uh, but don't do it. What does that mean? So the really interesting thing is that we've put together uh, a series of five of the lectures from that amazing conference because the papers looked easy. They looked, oh great, let's just go do segmentectomies or even wedges uh, for all these patients. But it left a lot of questions uh, and these five fabulous lectures address those questions. Um, question one, uh, what about uh, a tumour on the pleura? Um, there's a lovely presentation demonstrating how the uh, lymphatic drainage on the pleura actually goes circumferentially around the lung. It doesn't go down straight deep to the lymph node, so maybe um, it's not applicable on the pleura. Um, a second lecture is in the context of STAS. Um, so may, does it apply if you get STAS? What is STAS and uh, is it important or not? That's pretty controversial even to start with, but this brilliant lecture tells you whether or not you can do a segmentectomy in those patients. Um, the next one is uh, what about that N1 lymph node? What if it is invaded? Do you still do a segment or do you carry on? Thirdly, uh, what about if the margins are tight? And finally, uh, both studies excluded pretty central tumours. So is it again inappropriate to apply uh, these two amazing studies uh, for deep tumours? Really, really thoughtful lectures. A great job, Dominic. A wonderful uh, conference. And again, these tend to happen every January. So look out for the segmentectomy conference by Dominic Gousseau. They've got a website. Check out where it's going to be next year. Go have a look. I've been several times. It is phenomenal uh, and it's a fast-moving field uh, is uh, segmentectomy. So the third video series we wanted to select for you is actually our very best of all. Uh, our very own associate editor, Jill Lay, uh, she's the associate editor for Allied Health, combined with the amazing queen of uh, Allied Health in Europe, uh, Tara Barkley, uh, OBE for services to nursing, uh, and they've collaborated together to do a series uh, of videos from the Allied Health perspective. Now, things in Allied Health have really taken some amazing strides in the last few years, mainly guided by people like Jill Lay, Tara Barkley and her colleagues, and they've created an amazing new network called Connect. Uh, this is the Cardiac Surgical International Nursing and Allied Professional Research Network. I encourage you uh, to, if you're a clinician, uh, encourage your nurses, or if you are in Allied Health, have a look in the show notes, click on their website, join their group. It's completely free. Uh, they want to build a huge collaboration. They started off uh, quite small, uh, and Julie Sanders uh, uh, gives an origins of Connect in one of the videos. Uh, and she really interestingly says that while 80 to 90% of all kind of thoracic 
clinicians are nurses, um, there are very, very few researchers. Only 0.1% of cardiothoracic nurses have a PhD, one in a thousand, uh, which they're trying to change. They're trying to get together. And she got together with professors of nursing from Canada, from America, from Australia, and from Scandinavia to create this incredible network. She went and visited them and she's growing this network because they want to big up and uh, promote and increase uh, the volume of research from this majority of our specialty. And we at CTSnet are delighted to support them. And we want to grow our allied health network with Jill Lay. Um, so there are six really interesting lectures. The Connect one is fantastic. One I really liked was post-surgical pain after cardiac surgery. Um, talking all about multimodality therapy, talking about cognitive behavioural therapy, talking therapy, massage therapy. And we in our own unit have a 15 hours a week acupuncturist that provides acupuncture for our post surgical patients. We do injections of local anaesthetic in the sternal incisions. We do multimodal anaesthesia, gabapentin, uh, walking, uh, mindfulness, uh, all that. So we loved uh, Carrie's uh, lecture on post-surgical pain. Uh, there's a lecture on sex differences, which couldn't be more timely with the Roma women trial uh, and so that was really interesting to promote better care for women. Women feel different about, about having cardiac surgery. Their vessels are smaller, their risks are higher so, so that's a really nice lecture. Um, there was a good uh, lecture by Rosalie Magbu all about uh, surgical site infections, uh, how to reduce them, how to assess them and how to manage them uh, and um, and a really good uh, reporting outcomes, uh, which is patient-related outcome measures uh, by Rochelle Wynn. Boy, our surgeons are bad at patient-related outcome measures. When did you last see um, a league table of patient-related outcome measures? We all look at mortality. Uh, we all look at the grade of MR. But do we look at the, what the patient feels like? Uh, do we even see them a year later or five years later? I know that, uh, that I never saw my cardiac patients after six weeks. Uh, so this was a really great lecture. And, you know, it is the next frontier in cardiac surgery. We need to do, we need to ask our patients at a year, have they got better? And question ourselves if they haven't. So that was a great series. Do check it out. Tara and and, uh, and Jill smashed it out of the park. Great job. I'm actually going uh, to the uh, Association of Critical Care Nurses with Jill Lay in May. Uh, we'll probably take our cameras. We'll take CTSnet. We'll try and find more allied health professionals there and bring them to you. And do, uh, if you are a clinician or doctor, do encourage your nurses to check out this series. Just send them the link. It's free and, uh, and get them to maybe join the amazing network that has been set up. Uh, and we will welcome them more and more uh, in into our research. So upcoming events, uh, I hope you're getting excited about the AATS 103rd annual meeting, May the 6th, it's rushing up Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, so, so do uh, look out for that. Uh, it's very research focused uh, and uh, sign up. Now, two interesting events uh, that I'd like to tell you about. And the reason why I'd like to tell you about these is that they're going to be um, live streamed uh, on CTSnet and also uh, archived. So these are two. Uh, there's a transcatheter heart valve conference in Greece. It's May the 12th to May the 13th um, at the Alexandros Soutos Museum. Uh, this is um, uh, going to be a really good uh, uh, conference all about transcatheter heart valves. The great thing is registration is free. Um, and and 
the great thing for those of you who cannot pop uh, into an aeroplane in the next two weeks to go to Greece is it's going to be uh, live streamed by Live Media and CTS Net. So well done, those guys. And also the day after, again in Greece, um, there's going to be the fourth international meeting on minimally invasive extracorporeal technologies. Uh, so if you're interested in those, and again, if you can't uh, quickly nip uh, for a little holiday in Greece, then we are going to live stream this with Live Media and on our CTS Net YouTube channel. This is part of our mission in CTS Net. We want people uh, to tell us about their meetings and so we can live stream them and let people know the wonderful work they're doing. So maybe next year you can go to their meetings and we'll certainly bring you their outstanding content. So those are videos for this week. Uh, it just leaves me to do two more uh, things. Uh, our honourable mention goes to the wonderful, the amazing Jo Chikwi. Uh, jo Chikwi, not only is she is an amazing uh, mitral surgeon, uh, she loves nothing better than a robotic mitral. Uh, she's also now editor-in-chief of the Annals of Thoracic Surgery, working day and night. The reason I'm giving her an honourable mention is I was blown away by the Heart Sounds podcast with Shelley Woods. Check it out, because Shelley Woods Woods does not talk about heart surgery with Joe Chiqui. Shelley Woods uh, talks about Joe Chiqui. The year before she went to medical school, she went and did fine art in Italy for a year. She's a phenomenal artist. Her sister is a professional artist. Uh, and so she tells us a little bit about her fine art, how uh, she pretty much just sends her illustrations out for Christmas cards. So Joe, hello, Christmas. Uh, I'll send you my address. Uh, uh, you maybe know it. Uh, and and also the phenomenal thing I did not know is that she is an extremely accomplished violinist and pianist, having learnt from the age of four. So wonderful person, amazing work, and uh, you know a real uh, beacon of light, uh, progressiveness uh, in our specialty. So so yeah, do check out that uh, Heart Sounds podcast. And finally, I wanted to finish with the, my uh, combined section of where's Diego. So Diego uh, this week went to Banyaluka in Bosnia did a left lower and lingolectomy uh, sleeve resection by Unipol Vats. Then he zipped back over to La Carina to launch his foundation, the Diego Gonzalez Foundation. And yes, it was here that Rafael Nadal recorded a video uh, in honour of Diego and all his work and in support of this foundation. So Rafael Nadal says uh, he's supporting it and I hope you can support it too. Uh, he goes and provides many invasive surgery to those who can't afford it in the developing world so well done Diego so that's all we've got for you today um Next week, uh, I am going to be spending the week in Papworth, uh, Britain's most famous cardiothoracic centre. They are kicking off their robotic programme, but it's not an intuitive robotic programme. It's the Cambridge Medical Robot. So I'm really excited. They're all really pumped. Uh, I'm really excited to go and see what we can do. It's just thoracics. Come on, cardiac surgeons, let's get into robotics. You know, this is, I have to say, a little bugbear of mine. You know, across Europe, uh, the robotic companies are not engaging with cardiac surgery. You really must do. The you know, robotic surgery is the future. It's Joe Chiqui's favourite approach and many others' favourite approach. It does a beautiful mitral repairs. Uh, you know, difficult complex repairs are made easy uh, by modern technology. It is just a tool, just like any other tool. Uh, so, so I really think we need to get behind robotics for cardiac as well as thoracic but uh, Pat Worth's going to show the way in thoracic so uh, we're going to post some videos from there I might even do the podcast from there who knows uh, so so watch out and tune in next week uh, for the CTS Net podcast and thank you very much for staying to the end my name is Joel Dunning and uh, thank you for watching